0: Hello and welcome to Real Professional, the podcast where real professionals have really professional conversations about the gaming industry. I'm DreadXP rock-on-tour Jan Holstrom, joined today by the lovely, talented Ted Hinchke. Say hi, Ted.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Also joined by the equally lovely, equally talented Abby Smith, a.k.a. Scruncho. Say hi, Abby. Hello. And joined today by a man who needs an introduction. It is Nick, developer from DreadX Collection 5. Say hi, Nick. What's up guys? So we have a full crew which we we're on a pretty good streak so DJ drop that sick beat okay so i have a problem this week i have what two is it, Yans? i have two very good gamer safety updates and Oof. i and i need hmm. i need you all to come together and i'll give you the name of them and i will expound on them once you've picked i have gorilla arms and i have uh irritation inhalation
2: so are you talking Gorilla or I'm, Gorilla? I don't,
1: I, I'm good with Gorilla Arms. <laughs> I don't even need to hear the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Number one. Pick number one.
0: Okay, so Gorilla Arms, um, you have stumbled upon another VR injury.
3: God damn it.
1: Mm. Ooh, exciting.
0: It, it, it keeps happening. I think this is our third VR gamer safety update in a row.
1: I think it's call it a vr related injury because otherwise a vr injury would be like an injury in vr and the metaverse hasn't gotten that advanced yet
0: if you get injured in vr you get injured in real life
1: That's true <laughs> we have stay alive rules here in this metaverse i think the metaverse would do better if they pitched it like that
2: well funnily enough my mom actually asked about that. like i was planning on getting a vr set soon and she was like oh so you can like look through i'm like yeah like you can move around and actually look She's like, oh, can I like, play a boxing game? I'm like, yeah, sure thing. You can play boxing. She's like, wait, but if he hits me, will that hurt? I'm like, well, of course not. How would that even? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, then I, and then I was like, oh, wait. And I told her, yeah, you have to put electric shockers all over your body so when they hit you, you actually feel it. Yeah, and yeah, she, yeah. yeah she believed me. She was like, oh, well, that's dumb. I don't want that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I, I have a VR headset. I very rarely use it, though. I really need to use it more because it was expensive. And that's how I judge the usefulness of objects in my life. Hmm. how expensive they were because I'm a real American.
0: (laughs) Well, Ted, you could use your VR more, but then you run the risk of suffering from gorilla arm.
1: Okay, what is gorilla arm? Right, that's the whole point is that this is dangerous.
0: (laughs) It's a term used by the Occupational and Biomechanics Research Laboratory at Oregon State University to describe a very specific VR-related ailment. People out there are so immersed in these virtual worlds that they're kind of Frankensteining with their arms. It's a very unnatural position. Like, hold out your arms and try to Frankenstein while standing up straight for, like, two minutes. It starts to burn. It starts to hurt. Um, And people staring at their arms in VR, constantly having their arms all the way out, is causing shoulder strain and shoulder injuries that they have called Gorilla Arm Syndrome.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: It is a repetitive strain injury because apparently I don't use VR. Anymore. Oh, is not
1: like you're not jacked like a gorilla? It's because you're holding your arms like gorilla style. Is that what they're trying to say? Oh, okay. I thought oh. we were just dealing with people that were jacked and I was like, I don't see the problem here. Everyone's too swell for the government. They want to keep us weak.
0: <laughs> I prefer calling it Frankenstein arm syndrome. I think they missed <laughs> an opportunity, you know, to do the old Universal Monsters Frankenstein arm.
1: That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, that would be way better. Why didn't they call it Frankenstein Arms? That's dumb. You're right.
0: I'm going to get with the biomechanical researchers at Oregon State University and be like, listen, I got some some citations. Got some new update for your,
1: uh, yeah.
0: Got some citations for your paper here. We're not going to call it Gorilla Arms anymore. Gorilla Arms, uh, I knew that we would pick that because it really seems like something that Joe Rogan would bring up. Like, hey, (laughs) hey, Jamie, pull up that video. Did you hear that you get Gorilla Arms from playing VR? Like, pull that up. Pull up that video.
1: Now pull up a picture of a gorilla, Jamie, and do those arms look like a gorilla? T oh, they do. They look a little. They look a little bit like a gorilla man. He's just like getting really excited about. It. Yeah, I can hear it.
3: So, Yance, what happens if you naturally just have gorilla arms, and then you go and you get VR gorilla arms? That's your moment. Well, what's the difference there?
0: Uh,
1: that's how you. That's how you win the Olympics of VR.
0: Chimpanzee arms, I assume. They call yeah. that the uh, the double gorilla, and mm-hmm. it's attainable by point 0.1% of the population.
1: Oof. Those shots Very are
0: not rare.
3: good. Yeah, those shots are not good. Sorry to all you people out there trying.
0: Hey, Abby, pull, up a, heads pull up a picture heads. of a gorilla wearing a VR headset for me.
1: Sure. Ooh. I got you. It's like The thing is, is, like I think that would be cool, but you know that the backstory would be something sad. Like this gorilla was being trained to kill or something like that, you know?
3: <laughs> well, now I don't want to do it.
0: We put a VR <laughs> yeah, there's headset. There's no
1: happy gorilla in VR stories. That story doesn't yeah. end well.
0: We put a VR headset on this gorilla so it could live in a virtual world where it's not in a cage being laughed at by people at the zoo.
1: But it where is. It it. See it's actually actual trees. being laughed at, yeah.
3: Yeah. where it could see trees since, you know, people are and they just chop them down.
1: People do chop down trees. That is true. That's what we're known for. What?
0: Mm-hmm. People have chop it down majestic oaks.
1: How do I how do I prevent myself from getting this repeated strain injury? Other than by not playing VR, which is yeah, what fun.
2: game do you have to play to get that? Don't be like, a gorilla, just...
3: maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's the scariest Don't be a part. Gorilla. It's the scariest part of Gorilla Arm. No one knows how to stop it. Uh, My God. Yeah, until we find ways for better VR tracking, and until people get over the novelty of staring at their arms in VR. We will always suffer from gorilla arms. A small contingent of the population will always have gorilla arm. You don't choose the gorilla arms
2: shit, dude. The gorilla arms choose you.
0: Yeah,
3: seriously.
1: It's like it's like uh, like ALS or Alzheimer's. You just never know when that gorilla arms is going to kick in, except like way way lower stakes, like way lower stakes. Please do not assume that I'm comparing the stakes of gorilla arms to ALS or Alzheimer's.
0: If you or someone you know has been affected by Gorilla Arms, call 1-800-GORILLA. We will get you the compensation you deserve.
1: We will I get you the imagine. rest of the Gorilla body that you deserve.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine someone being like in a chokehold uh, from a Gorilla, and then it's just, you have Gorilla Arms. I, I don't know, I just imagine Gorillas as being really aggressive towards some dude playing VR, and that's how you get VR Gorilla Arms. Call I
1: mean, 1-800-THE-REST-OF-THE-GORILLA to get the rest of the gorilla <laughs> delivered to your house. <laughs> the rest of it. So all the... So the, there's a whole rest of the gorilla you need. You
2: get a gorilla without arms, because you already have the arms. And so you, you gotta get, get the, the
0: gorilla arm. rest of them as a family gift. <laughs> hey, Billy, what was that number again? I only got the gorilla legs, and I feel like I really need to complete the set.
1: You, you create your own gorilla bionicles? There we go. That's how we can sell this. Nerds love bionicles, it's like their favorite thing.
0: Gorilla nipples.
1: Gorilla Nickels. So that, that sounds way too close to like gorilla nipples, and that's just a different thing.
0: Yeah, Gorilla Nipples is the other company.
1: So the other company.
0: That's
3: that's for the other podcasts we do, guys. Like let's not so They actually
1: life. sell like gorilla feeding bottles to zoos and they do not appreciate being associated with it. it's other people's silly ass product.
0: Now, I'm just imagining. Wait, anyways, what's pod- this
1: podcast about? Are we supposed to be talking about video games?
0: Yeah, we will. We oh, will. I thought this was a guerrilla podcast. That's why I joined. Yeah,
1: welcome to the podcast. We'll this is the Harambe Remembrance Movement. Oh, oh yeah.
3: no.
0: Rip Harambe. Too good for this world. Mm. Too
2: Always cool. will be remembered.
0: So, never... that is your gamer safety update. Please avoid gorilla arms, even though you can't. If you play VR, you will get Gorilla Arms. I'm just promising you that now. It's going to happen, and it's going to suck. So, Nick. Can I call you Nick?
2: Yes, you could call me Nick. Oh, fantastic. You can call me whatever you want, really. I don't care.
1: Well, Nick makes sense because it's his name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would make the most sense. Yeah, yeah that would make yeah. the most sense. Let's stick with the name, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you're kind of... In my research, you're kind of new on the, on the scene as a game developer...
2: Yeah, in terms of releases, yeah. Uh, I released my first game in 2020. Um, How I started game development is, uh, it's literally just, it was one sentence from my dad and I just started and it sort of led me into this rabbit hole. Um, I remember playing on my laptop, playing just a bunch of games and my dad was like, hey, since you play so many games, why don't you make some? And I said, oh, silly dad, I'm not a game developer. He said, look it up on the internet, how to become a game developer. And I said, Huh. And five years later, here we are.
1: (laughs) Well, how old were you when you had this conversation with you?
2: Uh, How old old was I? Yeah. I was 14.
1: Yeah. So you're still young. I mean, you're like 19 now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you started young, you know, and you have a lot left. It's not like you started when you were 32 five years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Definitely. I mean, I don't know, just starting while you're young is definitely better since uh, I got I got to choose a really good uh, high school. Uh, it doesn't work the same as in America. I'm sure like nobody knows this, but like here, uh, how you guys choose your colleges based on your profession, what you want to be here, you choose your high school based on your profession, what you want to be. So there's specific high schools for programming, web design, architecture, whatever, right? And I didn't know, I had no clue what I wanted to do in life. Um, And so I discovered programming. I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. And because I, when I was about to turn 15, I had to choose a high school. Uh, Coincidentally, there was also a new program uh, for programming in like a high school. So I was like, oh, I'll sign up for that. Best decision I ever made. Absolutely. It was so good. Definitely worth it. Recommend. I recommend it if anyone is... You know, wondering what they want to do, and they live in Croatia. I definitely recommend going to uh, web programming uh, high school.
1: I uh, I I always respect people that can go through like the academic route because, like, so many people now. I mean, well, I wouldn't say now, but so many people for so long have been just kind of like self-taught, and uh, this new infrastructure, though, of like actually learning through an institution how to do game design rather than just like straight programming or coding is is rather interesting so how would you how would you like how would you so you're in school for game design specifically or for programming uh, no no uh
2: technically uh my field is web uh, web programming not web design but web programming but we do a lot of stuff like android uh apps and like games and stuff like that um specifically we haven't actually done unity because unity is object oriented it's like c sharp so we don't really do that in my school uh we may- mainly focus on javascript and like website type stuff and like apps and that sort of stuff so in terms of game development i was self taught but in terms of like programming in general school has actually helped me a lot to become a much better programmer
1: yeah i imagine i mean it's it can't be uh well I mean, game design is one of those things where, like, you think that the skills are just, like, straight programming and, and, like, coding and stuff. But a lot of there's a lot more that goes into it. So, like, in what ways did you have to learn things on your own versus what you learned kind of in, in the classroom?
2: So, really, in terms of, uh, like, making games, I really learned a lot of that in terms of, like, game design um, from other games. Like, uh, for example, when I first worked on Nucalypse, I, I played uh, Half-Life. And I sort of noticed everything, like how they, uh, like, for example, you'd walk into a room, you'd go right, you'd notice the exit, you'd go there. And then I wondered, why did I go right? Why didn't I I not go straight, you know? So, like, it was like either the lighting or just, I don't know. Like, I was really intrigued by that, how you can pretty much trick people into doing what you want them to do in a game and give them the sort of appearance of choice but actually, you're sort of like leading them without actually leading them. That's why I, how I usually describe game design, where people are like, "Oh, I'm like what's game design?" You're like, you're pretty much like telling people how to beat the game without actually telling them. You're subtly being there with you know lighting, audio cues, uh, visuals, whatever, right? So that's like, an extremely to... good
1: point because that's one of the things we constantly tell our developers mm-hmm. is that like you know with with games you can't just assume that the the player knows where to go or what to do. Like you you know what to do because it's your game, but you have to make things exceptionally accessible. And that's what the, the core of game design is.
2: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as for school, really, we haven't touched game design. farthest we've gone from game design is, like, making a Flappy Bird game on Android. So, in terms of that, like, I'm not really, you know, from school. I haven't learned a lot about that. Uh, but I do have a senior project coming up in three, four months that I have to finish. And it's in Unity, and it's like a multiplayer game, like a racing game. And, like, uh, your final project has to be something related to programming, but it doesn't have to be something that we learned uh, in those four years of high school. And so, you know, I sort of chose Unity because I, yeah, I I love Unity. Okay, it's great. Absolutely amazing. I remember one time we had an Android project and I used Unity. And I literally in my documentation uh, that you have to write usually how like everything works. I wrote, why did I choose Unity? And then I just wrote Android sucks. Unity is better. And therefore, I chose <laughs> Unity. I got an F, but it didn't matter because, you know. She said, oh, I can't accept this because it's not in Android. It's Unity for Android. But I said, but it's still Android. She's like, no, no, but you have to use Android Studio. And so I just gave up and got an F. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sometimes sometimes that's what you got to do.
2: You take sacrifices.
1: Those are the sacrifices point. you make for integrity. Yes.
3: And for game development.
1: And for mm-hmm. game development, yeah. So- but, uh... Yeah, go ahead. Go oh,
0: ahead, Jansk. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, SCP Nuclex. Nu- that's so hard. I'm so glad you're changing yeah. it to Zero. <laughs> so happy about that change. That's the only change, right? You're just changing the title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought you were joking for
2: a second. I got scared.
0: <laughs> now, um, so how would you get into, you know, the, the realm of SCP is its, like, whole own sub-genre separate from everything else you know uh SCP is a monolith almost it's huge how did you get into that
2: Uh I think it was like 2018 or 2019 I had gotten like a little bit of experience from game design and like uh, programming and like Unity but I literally the only thing that I have done were setting up rigid bodies and ragdolls and just colliding them and just shooting people out of cannons and stuff like that and so I thought okay I should make a proper proper game And so I started with, like, a Call of Duty, uh, like, FPS sort of, like, basis. And I sort of stopped for a little bit, and I really got into SCP Secret Lab. Uh, I played that game, like, four years ago, I think. Uh, Back then, it wasn't as good as it is now because now they have a proper team behind it. But back then, it was one guy working on it, and it was literally just a copy of the original uh, Containment Breach from 2012, but multiplayer, right? And I got really inspired by that, so I was like, I will copy this. (laughs) literally people always ask me like oh how did you do this i don't know i was in the mindset i was like 15 at the mindset i was like oh i like this game therefore i will make this game and it took me around like year or two to like quote unquote finish it but um, as we all know it's not very good and so i released it on steam i don't know why i really don't know what i was thinking i was thinking hey i made a game might as well release it why on steam not on HEO. i don't know It was a good choice in the end because a lot of people saw it and they were like, this is garbage, but has potential. And then now we're doing a lot better. Like two years later, definitely. Like I've learned the most after all the negativity that I've gone from the game. It's not really deterred me. If anything, it's made me more motivated to work on stuff because I'm always proving people wrong that I can do better. You know,
0: that's an excellent takeaway. Like that's a, you know, at 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 19, that's such a good attitude to have because I, you know, I interact with a ton of game developers, and there are some that have been doing it for many many years that still can't take criticism as well as as you've explained that you take it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, no, criticism is definitely like you have to take criticism. Like, um, I would just read negative. I actually read more negative reviews than I do positive. Um, same way that a negative review that just says shit doesn't help me. The same way that a positive review that just says "good" doesn't help me, right? Positive reviews that yeah. say, "Hey, this game is good for this reason, it is bad for this reason." Those are the best. I don't care if they're positive or negative. I think the game is mixed at the moment. It was very positive for a little bit, then mostly positive. I don't know. It's it shifts all the time because not a lot of people review it, and it just changes. Um, but like I would read the negative reviews and people would say like the lighting is bad and definitely needs work on the graphics. And so I just started researching how to make the graphics better. I spent like half a year on those and I don't know, just bit by bit is sort of, you know, the small details definitely help and it's looking a lot better. Definitely. I wouldn't really say it's amazing quite yet, but it's, it's definitely getting there. I th- I think it's like a huge, huge, huge improvement. Like if you search up SCP Nucalypse and then you search up SCP ground zero, like there's It's just night and day.
3: You know, what I think is interesting, Nick, is that, you know, previously you had mentioned how you can just like working on, you can work on your gaming projects while you're in school and stuff. And Mm -hmm. part of school is feedback for the work that you provide for grades or percentages. Um, So I think an interesting point um, that might be relevant is that, you know, some a lot of game developers online, especially in the indie horror space, are, like, self-taught, and they don't go to school for game development, so they're not really used to having that feedback. Um, do you notice that, like, working around people in school who may be also making games around you take feedback, uh, like, better than the other people you've worked with online who just kind of do it as a hobby?
2: Yeah, I think so. Like, actually, uh, a lot of people. I don't know. I think when you're in school, you're more oriented towards teamwork, even though you're not really in a team. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're in a classroom setting, and therefore you're more open to ideas and stuff like that. Uh, My teachers will constantly comment, saying like how I could have done something better, and instead of you know like saying oh I'm not going to do that like that, you always take some sort of criticism. A -hmm. lot of because I was the uh, like I said when I had originally went to that school, it was the first year. Uh, and so I'm the first generation of the like um, the class, I guess you could say, like the web programming. And so uh, a lot of people, like I'm talking like 90% of my class don't have an interest in programming whatsoever. It's m- primarily five to 10 of us that are actually interested. I know a guy who makes great games, shout out to Noah, great cool. games uh, in VR. And he takes criticism really, really well. So. I don't know. I think being more open towards that, like when you have, like, you're in a classroom setting, people are coming in, they're like talking about it, they're like, hey, I don't like this. It's a lot more open than, you know, releasing a game and then having people like dump it with negative reviews. And then obviously that's a lot harder to take in than someone being nice uh, about it. I I also think definitely people who give criticism need to, you know, give it in a constructive way because otherwise there's really nothing to take away from that, you know?
3: Mm hmm. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting an interesting uh like mindset there, like the difference and how that can actually apply to, um, you know, getting out into the real world. Because like, say what you will about um, you know, going to school being a rip off. The one thing that school does teach you, even if it's not worth the money, is that um, you know, you you do get some sort of like discipline from it, and mm. you're also committed to deadlines. Um, like you're committed to being forced to learn new things. And that's something that I think uh does show these days is that, you know, you know, a lot of people aren't going to school because it's too expensive and whatnot, which is totally understandable. But it's something that you do see more often is that people aren't as committed to deadlines and learning new things, which is something that I do think school teaches you. Um, and it's definitely something that I was taught when I was in Um, I just graduated from university last summer and, uh, you know, I kind of think back, I'm like, damn, the amount of money that was dumped into this is like absolutely ridiculous. But then like, I Mm -hmm. tried to think on the positive side of like what, what I actually took away from, from it. And like, there are a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have learned to do, uh, if I hadn't, like it hadn't been dependent on like a grade or something. So there is there is like a benefit in game development at least, and I think all all places in life to to going in school is the, the the point the point that I I'm getting at here. But especially in game development, something like being able to take feedback and um being able to try out a style that you wouldn't naturally do if you just taught yourself and you already knew what you wanted. You know, um it, it's it, it's an interesting uh thing to think about.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and just you mentioning like how much it costs to get you know, to college and everything to like actually graduate. It just makes me a lot happier that our uh, schools are free. And they're actually good. Oh, so, yeah, free. Yeah you, yeah, you guys are forgetting I'm European, I get free schools and free every free healthcare free everything. Um, my taxes are super high, though. <laughs> that's why I always beg people, please, please wait. If you're going to pay me, please pay the tax. Cause oh, I don't want 50% of that going to the country, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Had to, had to get that little flex in there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, it was relevant because, um, I think if I like, um, I don't think I, if it was actually paid, like same amount as it is in America, I don't think I could actually afford to go to that school. Um, so I don't know. I think having free education is definitely the way to go because you're teaching so many new people, some, so many people, something new that they're not familiar with, and then they're going to get good at it, get a job in that field. Unlike if you're restricting it by having only people who can afford it, be able to do that. That's why yeah, I, I was
1: going when you said you couldn't afford it, I said, Hey, neither couldn't So whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one can afford it anymore. It's too expensive.
0: Yeah, no, Definitely. You know, out, out here we gotta we gotta learn game dev on the streets.
1: Check. Learn from the streets, street game dev.
0: We go out there, street game dev. you know, we find a guy pushing a shopping cart full of old like Commodore sixty fours. He'll t- he'll teach you how to code. <laughs> yeah, well, legit. Uh,
3: that's, how well, I, that's how I learned anything. An old man
1: in New York in Central Park coding in one of those park benches against someone else. You know?
3: Yeah, he's, he plugs he plugs into the Mickey D's and they have to like <laughs> whack him away every once in a while because yeah. he just keeps coming back.
0: Oh, that so you want VPN. to know how to program, meet me at the Starbucks with free Wi-Fi.
2: <laughs> Make that sure you don't have a again. VPN. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I'm just I'm just thinking, like, that would not happen here. Nobody here does that. We are Eastern Europe, not, nah, absolutely not. Here, you would have a guy in a shopping cart selling you ammunition and guns like it's Fallout. Most likely, I don't know.
0: Damn, I need Probably. to go to Eastern Europe. <laughs> yeah you do
2: i think there's more guns here than are than there are in america i'm not actually sure not le- not, not legal obviously none of them are really no be happy at least that you can actually you know own them without i don't know being prosecuted and going to jail for life for stuff but is it
1: that is it that bad like can't you, can't no, gotta, you get yeah. guns in croatia um Yes, but technically
2: no. <laughs> yes, you can get them for sporting. Like, you can get a shotgun for sporting, but you need to be part of a club. You need to go to everything, you're know, like, do everything. And you can only get, like, you know, shotguns. As for defense, home defense, yes, but you're not going to use it because uh, self-defense apparently doesn't exist in Europe. Like, I don't know why, but this is really weird. Like, if you have uh, – if you apply for, like, uh, a gun license, right, you have to go through several, several, like – courts and and like go to shrink and like get evaluated and pay tons and tons of money for lawyers and everything and then at any point after like two years of you trying this they could just go nope you're not getting one and there's nothing you can do about it yeah there's nothing you can do about it you don't have the right to it's a privilege and if you do get it um every like month they'll come to your house and be like hey are you still using that gun And you're like well no it's been in you know sitting for the past month they're like okay cool we're gonna take it
0: then you don't use it we're gonna take it
1: hmm that's really interesting
0: uh, yeah so in croatia you have to murder someone at least once a month. Yeah, um, <laughs> one, one
1: murder a month yes you murder one
2: person a month and you go to jail for life because like i said self-defense doesn't exist so if someone enters your home you're not allowed to do anything to them that you wouldn't be able to do if you were the one invading so you know threaten them shoot them god forbid you kill them you're going to jail and they could if you or admit, actually maybe it would be worse if you injure them because they could they could sue you and get your house and you can go to jail. it's actually insane they could sue you get your house that they've
0: burglared and then just <laughs> send you to jail guy, it's insane guy laying on the floor I'm like like, not
1: up on Croatian gun law personally so I don't I don't yeah, say, no
0: it's awful. it all sounds European crazy
1: to me
2: gun this, European gun law in general is awful
0: this dude's just <laughs> laying on the floor after he's been shot and he's like, why would you shoot me? I just kicked down your door to teach you Coding, and then he (laughs) expires. (laughs) He dies from the
2: McDonald's.
0: (laughs)
3: It's it's me from the Mickey D's.
2: I'm gonna take your house now. I'm gonna stew you into oblivion. You're going to jail for life.
0: Today's Uh, lesson was was rigid body simulations, but now I'm (laughs) the rigid body.
3: (laughs) <laughs>
0: Looks like I'm the ragdoll now. <laughs>
3: I guess I guess though if you get scared and shoot what someone in your house, like I bet you in Croatia they try hardcore to really cover that shit up though, you know? Hmm. Probably because probably they don't so they don't lose their house and go to jail for the rest of it. Oh life. yeah,
2: no, absolutely. It's it's absolutely awful. Like nobody here like would I, I don't know, like self-defense for some reason just isn't allowed here, especially in homes. Like I know a lot of people in like Florida are like, oh, if someone enters my property, I'll shoot them And here. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't I know, I, I'm sort of, that. I get why people have the mentality, but I'm not completely 100% with the mentality of murder is unacceptable in every single case. Murder, yes. Killing in general, I don't know, like self-defense definitely like, because a lot of people will argue, well, you don't have to kill him to defend yourself, you know? Oh, sure. But if he has a knife, I'm not going to run at him and tackle him. Let yeah, stab well. him stab me 20 times, you know?
3: Yeah. And then also, if you're in like, if you're in a stressful situation, someone's running at you with a knife, like you're not going to be like, oh, where can I shoot him where he's yeah, going exactly. to try and stab me? Like you just shoot, right? Yeah. And like a lot of people who like have guns for- you know self-defense they don't go out and use that thing every day in fact sometimes they won't even touch it like except for maybe once a year it'd be like hey yeah i got a gun i go shooting like (laughs) they they use it only for that and so like they're not thinking of of any of that
0: it's such yeah exactly it's such a weird thing in the u.s i can't speak to Croatia's uh croatianness but i i think owning a gun for self-defense or for home defense is a little bit of a, a urban legend. Yeah um, you're... I mean I,
1: I, I agree with that the beyonds go go ahead
0: yeah um, I, I own firearms. I live in rural Oklahoma so of course I own firearms. Come on now um, but I would not say that any of them are for home defense. Uh, I
3: I actually know plenty of people that have gotten guns simply for home defense.
0: No, I'm just saying that people that own guns and they say it's for home defense, they're they're kind of lying. Oh to yeah, themselves. as a, as a
3: collective, like yeah, as a collective, usually
0: you look at. But
3: I, there are some people. who Oh have yeah, them. tons
0: of people uh, have guns for uh, air quotes home defense. When... Explicitly
1: for that, like when yeah. they buy it, they think that they are buying it for that. Oh, purpose. I'm buying so,
0: yeah. this for <laughs> home defense. You're you're uh you're. Like 10 times as likely to use it on yourself than a home invader. That's statistically true. You are more likely no, those are just to stats. have uh, a bad day and use it on yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. St- it's,
2: sad, it's sad, but very true. Yes, yeah, it's very sad. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, But yeah, so I don't own guns for home defense, and I'll tell anybody that's so weird that we're having this conversation on a video game podcast, but I will make my position known.
2: No. Uh, games have guns.
0: Yeah, games do have guns. I own <laughs> guns because I like to go out and target shoot. Like, I'm not going to church it up and be like, oh, it's just in case someone breaks into my house. No, it's not. I have a World War II uh, Japanese rifle. I, that's not home defense. That's for me to go out and shoot things far away for funsies. I mean, I would be scared yeah.
2: if I entered a house and guy had a Japanese World War II gun. I, I'd be running, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. More yeah, than, yeah, I mean, it's, a, that it's 15 pounds. That's, that's the thing,
1: is that, like, everyone action. that, like, To me, the scrutiny of, like, should someone be allowed to own a gun, like, the scrutiny level for that needs to be, is it okay for someone to own it recreationally? Like, if you're talking about the logistics of legally. Because otherwise, people are always going to find ways, like, around the law. And so, like, the best option is to just make sure that, like, whatever gun laws you're passing passes the scrutiny of casual ownership. Because otherwise, it's like, how are you going to guarantee that someone's ownership is casual? Oh, you can't? Okay. Like,
2: do you want to hear something extremely ironic?
1: Uh, yes, always. I love So, iron.
2: yeah. In Croatia, like I said, we're not allowed to have this – our culture is just weird. But funnily enough, we're one of the biggest exporters uh, to America in terms of guns. Uh, you know Springfield Armory, right? We make yeah. pretty much all of their guns. Uh, really? A lot, huh? of your, a lot of your police guns, a lot of your military guns are all made by uh, in Croatia. Which I find ironic because we're not allowed to use them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) is. Yeah, that is. Yeah, uh,
2: the XDM, the VHS. uh, I can't remember a bunch of them, but there's like just a bunch of AKs and like the bunch of like really old guns that we make that we export uh, to America, and they usually use them. Uh, They're labeled Springfield Armory, um, you know, in America, but like uh, they're used for like military and police and stuff like that. It's just really ironic.
1: Yeah, like, as someone who personally, like, does believe in gun control, like, to a certain extent, like, it's kind of funny, because I remember I used to have conversations with people all the time that were like, we should ban guns because they're bad. And I'm like, I said, well, yeah, like, I think that there's, like, negative applications, stuff like that. But I think that, like, if you're gonna be, like, having the conversation about banning guns, you need to have an honest conversation. Like, and I think that a lot of times right now, like, we're in a, we're in, like, an environment where people are not able to have, like, honest conversations, you have to, like, talk talking points kind of around uh, the point, and they're like, well, you know, it's home defense versus blah, blah, blah. And it's like, honestly, it, it should at the very least pass the scrutiny of the most basic level. And if you can't confront the fact realistically that most people own guns because guns are fun, then you're never going to like reach anyone in a meaningful way. And I remember like talking to someone like they were they were talking about how we shouldn't shoot fire off works off for the 4th of July cuz it is uh triggering to veterans and bad for the bird population and i was like you know there's an argument for that but i said yeah but you know the problem is is that fireworks and explosions are really fun and she was like that's offensive and i was like i don't think it's offensive to like mention that like this is why people do this but it's like it's like how are you going to like how are you going to ever have meaningful reform if you can't even ar- if you can't even agree on the base fundamental like Hey, people do this because they like it.
0: You know, it's like it's like so silly. It's it's mm-hmm. it's this weird place where we th- we've gotten to the place in the discourse over the last, I'd say, twenty five years or more, where we have to couch discussions of things being allowed in some kind of they have to add prestige to it. You don't, I don't think, like, um, so recently, medical marijuana was legalized in Oklahoma. That's cool. They're pushing for recreational and the argument that was always made was oh well it's just you know it's for medical reasons it's this and this and yes there are medical applications but i need a lot of these people out there to just be honest about it and be like i want to get high like it doesn't have to be more than <laughs> yeah, that i mean know, the just, argument should be
1: that weed's cool That's oh, it. yeah yeah i, no, yeah, I want to get high
0: uh, i want to fucking smoke weed uh, i don't think that they should have to add that level of prestige to it and it's kind of the same with guns we're like i need that just in case armed intruders break into my home this ain't a fucking john wick uh, movie yeah. Armed intruders. Yeah, are you're not. are not, you're not doing anything. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You're not doing anything. Like the funny thing is, though, if you ban all guns, like let's say theoretically you ban all guns, you're not going to ban the people who illegally have them because they don't care about the law, obviously. So really, what you're taking away is you're taking self-defense from you know actual civilians who won't even use them probably, and just the word. Like the funny thing is, you take guns away from someone, like I don't know, like uh, someone who uh, would be murderer, right? What are they going to use? They're going to use a knife can't get a knife, they'll use something else. They will literally use anything they can get. We had a case here. We don't have a lot of murders here because we're a small country. And so every time there's a murder here, everyone's like super shocked. But usually it's all domestic and it all involves knives and some sort of bats or something because they never have guns. There was actually a case here where a dude shot three drug dealers uh, with an AK. That is the most Eastern European thing I could think of. Um, He literally, like they were threatening his brother. And so he literally just got his AK, shot three of them, and then just went to a coffee shop and just got some coffee. It could only be
0: more Eastern European if he was doing a Slav squat during the shooting. Oh,
2: he was wearing Adidas. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. There's a video. There's a video of the quote unquote SWAT, right? uh, Raiding him or raiding the coffee shop. It's just a dude dressed in like a SWAT uniform or well our SWAT you know uh special forces right they walk in and there's a video a guy recording on his phone where the dude who just shot three people is standing there and the cop walks in and like another dude behind him's like hey we should kind of like hurry up and the dude's just like calm down bro Jeez, it's like there was a murder or something it's just like <laughs> and they just ask him hey are you the guy who killed three people yes hey can you come with us yeah sure no problem it was unbelievably calm. I very don't know. I, situation. At, yeah. At first, people were like, oh, mass murder, like this and that. And then people were like, well, no, they threatened my brother to kill him. They blackmailed me, and so I killed them. And the people were like, well, that's three less drug dealers off the streets, better than the cops can do so. He's still in jail. I think Damn. he's going to be in jail for a very long time. Like, Sounds
0: like the Wild West.
2: Yeah, Damn. yeah. The Eastern Europe is the Wild West, though. Like, our culture and language is just, like... Wow, I was talking a little bit about a, a really earlier, but if you have any questions or anything you want to know, I'd be glad to answer.
0: I'm just over here, like go go processing. Go ask. Croatia.
2: <laughs> yeah, you don't meet a lot of Croats every day. No, I... mostly because you know there's not a lot of us anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's the uh, uh, what's the game dev scene like in Croatia? Is it just you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am the game of the scene. I am
2: the scene. Um, now, the funny thing is, in the world, there's 10 million or so Croats, and there's only 3.8 million in Croatia. So there's more Croats outside of Croatia than in Croatia. You have to account for, uh, let's say, like, half of those are maybe children, and so another half of those are, like, teenagers who could probably get into programming and, like, game development. So you have, let's say, 500,000 to a million people who could do that. Um... And then you obviously narrow it down and everything. There's just not enough events. We have a lot of IT events. Like, I went to a bunch of them. Uh, but none of them are game focused. All of them are like, I don't know, like VPNs and like, I, I don't know, whatever, right? But none of them are game oriented. Um, but there is, uh, if you guys, you, uh, I'm sure you know Serious Sam, the game. Uh, oh, yeah. By, Crow team is yeah, Croatian yeah. Team. Yeah. Crow team is Croatian team. Um, how, yeah they uh they made uh, Serious sam they're like the one and only game developer apart from me obviously in croatia well
0: well if they're not going <laughs> to if they're not going to fucking do it then i think it, it's up to you nick to see, to be the series
2: 69 let's go to be
0: the uh <laughs> the ambassador for croatian Absolutely. game dev like oh yeah i'm not telling you what to do but i mean you're you're in a an, a unique position as a croat and a game developer you know Maybe something to consider. You're you're young, you're nineteen. But maybe on down the line, as you continue to work and continue to improve and get more of a status about you, you could lean into, you know, your own events, your own things, you know. Look at oh, yeah, that. I mean, look at <laughs> look at Techland and Bluebird team, you know, they're putting Poland on the map for and C D project, of course. They're putting Poland on the map for game dev. And I think, you know, we we talked with Carlos Coronado, he's a Spanish game dev, um, and he brought up a very good point about horror needs to stop being based in the kind of generic American haunted house. Or the generic American Mm -hmm. abandoned hospital.
2: So, Why not a generic Russian household?
0: Yeah, or generic <laughs> Croatian uh, free Wi-Fi McDonald's.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, oof. Those are scary, bro. Have you seen our McDonald's? I have not. Oh. But I'm, oh god, no, don't.
0: I'm just. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> just saying that. Like, um, you have the opportunity to make Croatia come to mind whenever people think about Eastern European game devs. And that's, it seems like a huge responsibility that I'm now foisting upon and you. Lots, lots
2: of pressure. Lots yeah. And like this,
0: this comedy, <laughs> comedy gun control podcast. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's something that if I was a Croat and I was like the only game dev in Croatia, other than crow team, I would try to get more people into it because misery loves company. And I'd be like, Hey, mm-hmm. all the other Croats that want to learn how to code meet me at the, at the mcdonald's and i'll teach
2: <laughs> absolutely no that would be great actually because like i don't know like i want to do something more than just game development i still want to be in that sphere of game development but i really i love teaching people stuff like especially in like terms of programming stuff so i don't know we'll see what happens in the future i mean maybe um it, we have um in terms of like Croish on the map since you mentioned it there's a lot of people who've been trying to do that you have for example materimas who's a dude who Uh, makes electric cars and he made so he had an old bmw that he literally turned into an uh, into an electric car in his uh, parents uh, garage and he just he made it into electric car somehow used electricity just a bunch of batteries and he started his own company and they're doing really good they're uh they got so many people from so so many different countries they're definitely a huge inspiration for a lot of people because they could have easily just like made their hq in i don't know san francisco let's say or anywhere but no they chose here because uh the guy who made the company he was like nah we got to put Croatia on the map we got to be known for something we have so many inventions and yet nobody knows anything about them we have over 50 inventions that you probably didn't know about obviously electricity that's like one of our main inventions or discoveries i guess you could say uh you probably didn't know but yeah
1: I, 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 I had no idea that, that was a Croatian. Yeah, because
2: so. Nikola Tesla. Well, some people were all, all argue Serbian, but whatever. Here, this area, approximately oh, somewhere oh. here.
1: <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, no, there's there's probably a lot you didn't know. I know a full list of them. There's like torpedoes, and parking meters, and speedometers, and uh, forensics, um, neckties, helicopters, parachutes, just so much stuff.
1: That's cool. Uh,
2: the pen. The pen Jeez. was made also. Meanwhile, yeah, no, there's, so many, there's so many things you use every day that you don't even realize are growish inventions.
0: Meanwhile, in Oklahoma, USA, the shopping cart. That's that's what we got. That's <laughs> what we got. We got the shopping cart.
2: Well, I mean, to be fair, you guys, like America has existed for well I mean, in the sense of like the nation uh, has existed for like two hundred and fifty years, while we've existed for like that, tens of thousands so we had a bit of a head start just just a tiny bit
0: another few thousand years and we might come up with an idea as good as the necktie
2: so- mm, nah i don't i don't think so Fuck. nothing beats the Fuck. necktie Fuck. Have you seen how stylish that like,
3: we have officially peaked
2: <laughs> how would you go to any business meeting without a necktie you would look dumb we got
0: do the yeah, got to do the bolo tie which is i think a distinctly american invention Hmm. We we took the necktie and we went, how can we, how can we yeehaw this up? And we got the bolo tie.
2: Uh, that's, that's,
0: yeah. Well, I, skippity,
1: what am I going to do with this little piece of fabric down here?
0: <laughs> so we're coming up on the end of our hour. And Nick, where can people? We haven't
1: even talked about like SCP at all. yeah Yeah, no we haven't talked we talked about guns
2: and everything we haven't talked about anything related to that i I, i'm sorry i always go on tangents i started with oh yeah i play scp also do you guys know guns yeah they're pretty cool you want to talk about that
1: yeah totally your fault, not at all mine i never yeah yeah you know absolutely you know what
0: that's kind of the that's kind of how the podcast goes you know i we just bring people on and we just want to talk to them about whatever they want to talk about you know we we touched mm. on it. You made SCP Nucalypse, which is becoming SCP Ground Zero. I've played SCP yeah. Ground Zero and I like it.
2: I'm sorry. Oh, okay, good.
0: <laughs> no, uh I was gonna I just had one complaint about it. Do you want to hear my complaint live on the podcast? Yeah,
2: yeah sure. Let's see how I take it.
0: Um the combat feels pretty wonk right now.
3: <clears throat> no, it's <I'm> kidding.
2: <laughs> no, um, No, uh, so we've been working on, I think the reason is uh, enemy feedback uh, with guns and also animations. I'm not an animator. I did all the animations for the guns. A lot of people say like the uh, movement sway and like that is really good because that's programmed and so it looks good. But in terms of something that's animated, it's awful. So we got an animator uh, to actually make some really good stuff. He's making like really dope stuff that's really going to liven up that. Uh, definitely worked on like better recoil like more feedback you know like you have like the field of view like zooms in it's just like feels a lot better it's i think like when it comes to making anything in a game and this is advice for any game developers really really look into the details like if you make a system where a person reads a note and you literally just make it so when they click e there's a png of the image they're gonna think this is garbage but if you make anything you start with animation of it i don't know like flipping or like becoming bigger then you add a little bit of blur to the background you add a little bit of you know more texture to it those tiny details trick people well they don't trick people but they you know people look at that and they're like oh this is much more higher quality because there's so much more detail, thought effort put into it right and especially in combatting games like that is such a difficult thing to pull off. So definitely need like a lot of details. And in general, for games, definitely a lot of details, really important.
0: And I'm I'm going to rescind uh, my wrap up real quick because I do want to touch on one other thing. You are making a game for a little company called Dread XP in the Dread X Collection Who? Five. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: yeah. Never right. heard of him, Never heard of them. No. Good
3: one. Good one. <laughs>
2: Uh, Yes. So uh, I'm sorry, I forgot that was a question. (laughs) So yeah, no, we're working um, pretty much on a game. It's called Spirit Guardian. So I won't spoil too much. But our main focus was uh, so starting with the name, you have a guardian spirit, which is a spirit that guards you. Uh, But here you're the guardian of the spirits. And that's why you're the spirit guardian, right? So takes place abandoned take care. Uh, There's some kids. There's spirits. Uh, that's it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's like really story oriented and like there's going to be a lot of lore, but I also really want to uh, add a lot of mechanics, make it look really appealing, make it look different and unique uh, because throughout my five years of making games, I've made them all look pretty much identical, like just some standard 3D FPS Unity sort of game. Uh, But with this, I tried, you know, black outlines, uh, drawn like uh, items. So all the items are hand drawn and then rendered, Um, you know, some horror elements. I think it's going to be really generic when it comes to the horror elements, like, you know, getting chased, but hiding, stuff like that. Uh, I think the main, main thing will be the puzzles and the storytelling. That's really what I want to focus on. I think that's going to be definitely the main selling point, in my opinion.
0: I'm super excited. I've I've seen some some of the early stuff that you've been posting in our super secret chats. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I I hope that others are excited. You are actually the first DreadX Collection 5 dev to come on the podcast. I'm trying to get the rest of them, Uh, but you were the first to reach out and the first to get scheduled. So you, you have a vaunted position
2: i'm hmm. first and the best therefore you know by default i'm the best because i was first here. yeah that's the rule anyone else that comes yeah anyone else that comes after here they're like hey you're also from drugs five uh but you know nick came on before so man we're, we won't talk about that <laughs> yeah,
3: the, the longer it takes them to hop on here the 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 more they lose their their cool
0: points
2: oh yeah absolutely no for sure by the time we get so, to, why do you think um, i signed up recently? yeah
0: by the time we get to the last dxc5 dev we're gonna start the podcast and then ted's just gonna fire them it's gonna be like the, <laughs> just instantly. the rudest podcast we've ever done it's like hey fucker what's your game like and then as soon as they start and talking the guy, be like poor guy as soon as they start talking be like i don't fucking care nerd
1: <laughs> the poor guy's like
2: so my game is like this really cool stylish game in memory of who in memory of Ast. And they like and they start crying and it's just you make really awful jokes and then and they just start crying and then you're like Alright, get off my podcast nobody wants you here you just hear the disconnect sound we're gonna have just Nick kick come him up back and, uh, yeah <laughs> let's just invite Nick back real quick you know lots of more talking points to do so we'll
0: just leave <laughs> we'll just have Nick on all the podcasts for DXC five to kind of sit mm-hmm. sit in the rafters Statler and Waldorf ish and just be like. You came after me. It's all because of me.
2: <laughs> yes, for all the DX5 ones, I'm the fourth uh, host now. You have nothing. You have no, you have no say in it anymore.
0: <laughs> You'll be like our our producer just on the side. Or it's like, hey, Nick, pull up, pull up a picture of a gorilla wearing a VR headset.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty
3: much.
0: Yeah, I could get that instantly. Like, no problem. Gorilla arms, let's go. We get to the yeah, last absolutely. dev, and it's like, hey, hey, Nick, pull up a picture of uh, who asked.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you like put up a picture of just nothing just a png of transparent hey nobody asked shut up get off our podcast anyways nick so what were we talking about last time (laughs) right guns
0: (laughs) welcome to our this is our hardcore history moment we're gonna have seven four hour long episodes where we talk about the history of croatia and gun control Mm -hmm.
2: now call it instead of real professionals now it's just i don't real, know real
0: Croatia. Yeah,
2: real Croatia Re- real croat real croat real croat yes i very. like
1: real Croatianal as no <laughs> i was yeah. just i don't know
0: i kind of like real professional
1: <laughs> well, real professional sounds good too
0: so <laughs> both work we are on the end of our hour and i have just received mm-hmm. word that a pipe burst outside my house so i'm gonna have to go fix that so exciting i know right i don't have water it's so exciting um Nick, where can we find you on the internet at large?
2: You know, actually that's a really good question. A lot of people ask me that. And it all starts with Nodsky. So uh for real though, I don't really use a lot of social media. People can usually message me on Discord if they want anything. My server's always open. Just search up SCP Ground Zero. I'm sure you'll find our Discord and like the Steam announcements. Uh you're free to join. Uh, message me on Discord if you want and need anything. I'm always open to talking. Twitter, I sometimes use. Uh, you'll probably find me just like, I, you guys retweeted something I said, so I guess that's one way to find me. I don't know, I'm usually really like hard to find on the internet, but you know, if anyone really wants to talk, Discord's probably the best way to do so.
0: The mystery Croat, where it's like, mm. you can't find me, but I will make a game.
2: <laughs> you don't know that I'm here, but I am here, and I'm making a game, and you won't know what it is. I think I don't actually exist. I'm actually just like there's carbon monoxide in your uh,
0: house, and uh, I'm just a uh, like I'm just, a figure I'm of just sitting. On my couch. I'm, just a <laughs> I'm just sitting on my couch. monoxide ghost. <laughs> I'm just sitting on my couch, babbling to no one. <laughs> that's
1: that's how he's been. He, he actually, his brain actually died a while ago. Yeah, this is all just the yeah. yeah it's yeah. all dream.
2: Actually, you've been dead for like twenty years. By the way, oh, this sick. is none of this is real.
0: You know what? It's not yeah. so bad then. You know, I, it's not bad. I'd be like, thank God.
1: Real death destinals. That takes a lot animals. of pressure off my shoulders. It really does. Yeah. And, yeah. and
0: then, then he
3: remembers the pipe that burst.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm really I should just extend the podcast so I don't have to go outside in the freezing cold and fix a broken body. Actually, pipe. I'm, I'm down everything. for that.
1: <laughs> well, I have to get going. So everyone, it was a lovely podcast. But uh Wait, Ted and uh, uh, next time, who are we got
0: lined up for next time? We're not sure yet. We're not sure yet, but we will have someone
1: Okay. Well if people want to find me, they can find me at DreadHensky on Twitter. Ted is just cannot wait to get someone else on here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean this is. This is great. I love, I love
0: talking no, to I'm you. No, joking, I'm just, joking. Uh, yeah.
2: No, it's been nice.
0: And I keep saying this. I say this like every podcast. But Abby put out an album that absolutely slaps. It's like some some chamber pop goes really well with some uh the new Weekend album. It's good time. She just put out a music video that's also pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. Check it out. Yeah, check it out.
3: I appreciate you guys.
0: And of course. I'm Jans Holstrom, and you can find me on Twitter at Horror Played, or you can go to at DreadXP underscore, uh, where all of my tweets are marked as sensitive right now for some reason. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Twi- uh, TikTok at DreadXP Games, Instagram at DreadXP Games. We're, we're everywhere. We're all over the internet. Sucker for Love's huge. Uh, if you've seen uh, Sexy Anime Cthulhu Woman, it's us. That's all us. But I want to thank Nick for coming on and talking to us about guns.
2: You're welcome.
0: Anytime. <laughs> and Nick, play us out. Oh, I... Uh, uh, a lot of pressure.
2: to Nick... Play us out. Uh, play what? Nick, uh, d- play us out. Yes.
1: It's what out do Nick? you want to play? Huh? I'm Sorry. starting you off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally I was okay. Um, let's go with. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>